Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Broder Grinders NFL Pick Six Show Conference Championship Week, uh, sponsored by Thrive. We'll tell you about them. Uh, we'll talk about them later on in the show. Very last time for the season, we did it. We made it. Rich Rebar, Sharp Football Analysis, John Diggle, four for four, Bet Spurts. Rich, we did it. We're here. Uh, we're talking. We we talked about going all the way as far. I, we didn't talk about this pre-show. I assume we're not doing just like the showdown slate conversation. Maybe we are. I'm not sure, but either way. Um, I'm excited. How about you? How are you feeling? Doing good. Yeah. Listen, we, we've down to three football games left, two this weekend. Uh, we get a week off next week, and we're going to all see each other in person in two weeks. I'm looking forward to it. All yeah, it, it's going to be it's gonna be good times for sure. Uh, John, uh, I, I presume you'll be uh, partaking and uh, hanging out in the, in the Super Bowl in, uh, in Nashville with the Rotor Grinders people? Of course. To those kind of events, I usually get there a night early, too. So I may shuffle around. I may holler at Dan, see what he's up to. Uh, yeah, but I'll absolutely be there all weekend long with everyone. I'm sneaking in a day or two early, too, I believe. That's my plan. Oh, yeah. I'll holler at you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Maybe uh, I, I lived in Nashville for a couple of years. And I didn't get to fully take part in the Nashville experience. And, you know, the, the live music is just awesome. Just jumping from club to club and no cover. I know it's a little bit crowded there sometimes, too, but uh, – do enjoy Broadway, so uh, I miss it. I miss it. I want to partake. I don't know if that's a if that's your jam. Who doesn't like music? You, I assume you like music. Yes. I don't do shoulder to shoulder, but walking around with open windows and an acoustic scene, sure, because that's all Broadway is for the most part, unless you get jammed into one of those spots that are far too busy and you're not going to catch me dead in anyways. Yeah, I don't think I want to do that either. Rich, how about yourself? You're pro, you have the bold stance, the hot take. Are you pro music or are you anti music? <laughs> I, I no, I am pro music and pro live music as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll have to meet up, hang out. Uh, you know, looking forward to it. Looking forward to the Super Bowl. It should be a fun Super Bowl. Uh, we're gonna be talking the two games. Uh, you know, still big contests out there. DK's got a million dollar contest. If that's your uh, if that's for you, I tend to not play in the Millionaire Maker because I don't like top-heavy con- you know, contests. But, you know, if that's for you, by all means, have at it. Be as ambitious as you want to be because, you know, if you're going to bank it, what is it? How many I don't know how many people are actually uh, – how many entries? I wonder if we're going to get a solo winner because you got to get goofy. And that's what we're here for, right? We're going to be talking about all the plays. I'm curious how goofy we're going to get. But um, 
Yeah. Uh, two gamer, Rich, uh, I guess, well, clearly we're starting with the very first game, which is San Francisco, Philadelphia. Some injuries that are lurking, uh, most specifically the Mahomes one. We'll talk about that one later. Cincinnati KC. Uh, anything that's worth noting as far as last week, any takeaways or just want to kind of like it'll come through organically during the analysis here for the Sunday games. Something we should mention as far as a retroactive. Uh, do we want to get our one more shot in at Zeke Elliott or is it that's been expired? <laughs> we hit the over. I mean, that listen, one. that play is not Zeke's fault, man. Like, <laughs> stop. And, yeah. It was, you know, I think we did get to see, I think, what were the four best teams relatively all season, though, end up making it to this weekend. And we don't always get that. So while the games were a little bit probably better and hotter wildcard weekend than they were this past weekend, I think the four teams we have left are the teams that, you know, objectively we would say, like, these have been the four best teams all year. From a watchability perspective, we went 0 for 4 last week. All four games stunk. Like, 0 for 4. You don't see that very often, right? I mean, I, mean, I don't I think they stunk. Weren't cl- like, they weren't relatively close, and the one close game we got was pretty sloppy. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you sim it a thousand times, I feel like that's, like, the bottom four percentile outcome from a watchability perspective. I, I don't know. John, jump in here. Right? Anything last week that's worth noting, or shall we just kind of power through and talk about two games that we're staring at this Sunday? Not really. I think we're looking at a similar slate in that we can eliminate mm-hmm. some running backs here as we move along. And last week, if you pretty much just eliminated Barkley from your pool, McCaffrey scored a touchdown, but otherwise even he really didn't get there. Uh, we're kind of looking at the same situation here as well. Also for the Cowboys, I just don't know why a Hail Mary isn't in their bag. Like, why did they spend any amount of reps practicing these plays the last two years as opposed to just throwing a Hail Mary? What's wrong with a good old 50-50 catch downfield? Now, who, who's throwing that thing 75 yards? Yeah, yeah. They're going to throw a Hail Mary to the 20? <laughs> who, who's who's not evaporating Cavante Turpin at 5'3 whenever he's trying to get open on the flat route 75 yards out? Hey, listen, they they, they, they were drawn largely into the 0 0 0, you know, 1% <laughs> chance of trying to pull something, some magic out of it. They tried to put an extra skill player on the field. Didn't work. Dal- Dalton Schultz forgot That's how to play football them. for a drive. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he sabotaged the like he sabotaged him out of probably thirty yards and your Hail Mary shot. Very clearly, team. nobody in Dallas uh, is aware of the annexation of Puerto Rico play. No, they didn't, no, Dean. <laughs> Nobody's watched Little Giants in that Dallas coaching room. Apparently, uh, Ed O'Neill though is not coaching on the other side, so he would not fall for any sort of nonsense or tomfoolery. Okay, very first game, and I think of Vegas is it's just interesting. I'm, I'm not sure if you guys have been following the lines. San Fran, Philadelphia, 46-and-a-half is the total in that game. Uh, the Eagles at one point I think were minus one, which I thought was peculiar. You guys tell me. Uh, now it's settled and it looks like they're minus two-and-a-half versus San Fran. I-, I thought the Eagles never should have been minus one. Um, you know, home field theoretically is worth three points. And I think at worst they're even to San Fran. <laughs> Again, I'm just the guy watching the games on my couch, and you're better at X's and O's than me, both of you guys. What do you think of that line, Rich? Is, I, I, I thought that was a little odd that, that the Eagles were ever as low as a, just a one-point favorite. I haven't seen it. It opened at two and a half. That's kind of where it is everywhere right now. So I don't know uh, you know, where that was. The Bengals line has had a lot of oscillation based on news and people you know, getting ahead of uh, the curve. We had someone hammer the Chiefs yesterday, and it turns out they had information that Mahomes was going to practice today. So they tried, jumped ahead because it swung back a little bit. Uh, but I haven't seen the 49ers line really move at all. 
when, when it first broke, like I was just kind of watching one of the sites, unless I'm just making this up, I was talking about it to a friend of mine who is in a legalized betting state. And I think it was down to one or one and a half and it quickly changed. But yeah. What do you think where, where the line is right now? You think I, I assume you think it's basically correct because, you know, at this point it's going to settle and that's, that's what it should be. Right. Two and a half Philadelphia. That makes, that makes sense. I think. Yeah, I think it's a probably a, a full point too. I think it should be like it should be three and a half, or you just do the three. But uh, both of these games are going to be tight. This one's probably going to be the lower scoring. Obviously, it's implied that it's going to be low scoring. But both of these teams have faced a very small sample of good defenses, and when they have faced good defenses, their offensive numbers have pretty much dropped. Not completely to like bottom of the league stuff, but very much off of their pace versus other teams in the league. We saw the 49ers face like their first legitimate test with Brock Purdy last week, and they only averaged 4.9 yards per play. Uh, by far their fewest in a game Purdy started. It was the lowest of all teams that won last weekend. They had the lowest third down conversion rate of any team that won last week and the lowest red zone conversion rate. Um, so I, I expect that the 49ers will be in a similar slugfest like they were with Dallas a week ago and potentially even a better defense uh, the Eagles have than the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, I, and I I agree with you. I think I think Philadelphia is the bet here, but not the work. This is a bet show, obviously, but you know I do like the Philadelphia side, even laying the two and a half. And the Eagles have literally been the best football team wire to wire of the 2022-2023 NFL season, and it feels like they were so good for so long that like they got boring to everybody. <laughs> well, there was a point where we thought like there's a chance they might run the table, weren't they? Like twelve and zero or thirteen and zero at one point. I think that's how they started the season. They, they won the first – they ran out the first, like, maybe 11 or 12. I can't remember who the first team that was that got them. But, Commander. Uh, they lost to the Commanders the first time. Oof. In Washington? I no, right? It was in Philly. No, oh. it was that it was that game where they ran, what, like, 13 plays through three quarters because the Commanders just hammered Brian Robinson into the ground, into dust. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they ran a hundred. They ran uh the time possession was crazy that game. That was the Goddard injury fumble play as yeah. well. That was a huge swinging point of that game. Um, but they got got. Listen, sometimes <laughs> you lose. You know, you look at every all these teams, like you look at down the NFL resume this year, because I've had some pushback and say, Well, you know, we can't take the Eagles serious. They haven't played anybody. Nobody's played anybody this year. <laughs> there was literally there was five good teams in the NFL this year. Like nobody, yeah. nobody played a hard schedule in the NFL this year. Just yeah. look at the quarterbacks the Bengals face this year. And uh, and yet here they are. You could argue like they're the best team right now, the hottest team right now at least. Does that matter? Like momentum, is that real or is that fabricated? Like you said, oh, they're hot. And like oh, and they had they have the experience from last year. Like you know, people will tell stories. And- I mean, confidence is definitely real. I mean, it's it's immeasurable, but just walk any walk of life. Like if, you, if anyone's played any type of sport on even an amateur level, uh, you know, even hell, man, like cards or that confidence is real. We, well, we also have – I didn't realize last week, I probably would have bet it differently, but we also have the Bengals versus the NFL since they are very clearly aware that – or they think the NFL screwed them over with the home field advantage. We have the Joe Mixon coin toss touchdown celebration a couple weeks ago. We have Joe Burrow before he's even asked show up to the podium, and his first sentence is go get your refunds for the neutral site game. Uh, yeah, it, Zach Taylor's clearly molded a motivational scheme for the Bengals as well. That uh, that Bengals offensive line also heard people talking about how they like they were like children, like trying Including to block grown men. <laughs> we talked about it last week. I mean, the the structure of the Bengals offense was going to make it 
still like they were going to be able to avoid that. What was surprising was how effectively they ran the ball in that game, which, you know, we'll talk about that when we get to there, but the, we, we talk about the Bengals, like they, like they weren't just going to give up a bunch of sacks because Burrow was getting rid of the football way too damn fast. And that yeah. wasn't going to, that was just, it's like the same thing with Brady, right? Like Brady, the Bucks had a terrible offensive line. Well, you still ain't going to sack him. <laughs> he's not going to let you hit him, Brady. He's yeah. just, He's and, and when he sport. when he did hold on to the ball, he was still awesome. Like there was yeah. no weather excuses for the Bengals, whereas that's what the Bills had. Does the snow, or do you think the snow helped uh, the line just a tick? Um, it could have. Yeah, yeah. It could have it could have negated the pass rush and helped out. Yeah, the O line a little bit there. All right, let's jump back to San Fran, Philadelphia again. Forty six and a half as far as the total. Philadelphia a slight favorite. John, I'll let you open this up. Um, and by all means, I didn't ask you if you have any thoughts as far as the line. Feel free to fire them out there. There's certainly a Venn diagram of people that are listening that are playing DFS and also sports wagering. Plenty of states out there with it regulated at this point. But, uh, yeah, Eagles, San Fran, dealer's choice. Where do you want to start? We'll start with the Eagles because, to Rich's point, like for books to get action, I think you have to keep it around the three. If you put it on the three, that's just fair, and everyone knows it. But for the Eagles to be favored by less than three at two and a half right now, if the Eagles were to jump over that and be favored by three in the hook, uh, that would clearly get the most action. So I believe we're just going to settle here at two and a half unless some very big bets come and move it to three and a half. And honestly, the narrative – these past few games have been Jalen Hurts not throwing deep, being inaccurate throwing deep, but his three quickest times we know from snap to throw this year occurred in all three games against the Giants. I'm assuming that was just to make life easier and get rid of the ball quickly, knowing Wink Martindale was going to send the house at him at will every single snap. But I also consider that good preparation for this game uh, just because I comp it personally to San Francisco's pass rush to Dallas's pass rush. And as we saw against Dallas, all the Eagles did, well, they did a couple things, but really what they did was get rid of the ball quickly as well. Uh, A.J. Brown had a 32% target share in that game, but also had the lowest depth of target in any game all year, 4.8 yards downfield. As they, if you remember, just faked off handoffs with Miles Sanders to Micah Parsons' side every single time. And then if Parsons went with Sanders in a flat route, then Hurts would run it upfield. If not, then they would either throw to A.J. Brown or dump it off to Sanders, depending what Micah Parsons did. Um, And that's how I consider this pass rush for San Francisco. Also, though, if we think they're just going to leave the ball in Jalen Hurts' hands, knowing they can't run at all, and I'm personally just eliminating Eagles running backs from my pool this week and making it that much easier – I think for myself, but if we also are just going to assume Jalen Hurts has the ball in his hands, we also have this unknown ceiling for his rushing floor. And that's what gets me excited about playing Jalen Hurts this week, because this D'Amico Ryan's defense hasn't really faced a mobile quarterback all year. Like Mariota had them for six carries, 50 yards. So high yards per carry. They played Justin Fields in that torrential downpour um, in week one. But also remember, last year at least, D'Amico Ryan's defense did allow over 100 yards to Justin Fields. They played Jalen Hurts, and he ran for 10 carries, 82 yards, and a touchdown. So I think there is an ambiguous upside here that people may not be chasing. They're probably going Mahomes or Burrow instead. That gets me really excited to start my lineups with Hurts. Hey John, when you say you're eliminating Eagles running backs, how many mm-hmm. lineups are you making? Because like, if you're making a, you know three lineups, sure. 
if you're making 150, that is some boldness. Like I don't, I don't think you're a 150 guy, right? I no, no, no. no. I'm a three max guy. Uh, okay. But will, will I have like I don't know Kenneth Gainwell for the receiving upside? Maybe in one of three. I, I talk in single entries because that's what I play the most of, like the double spies sure. and whatnot. Yeah. So I, I should probably actually expand that. But let's just say I would be underweight, very underweight Eagles running backs if I was a max 150 guy. Yeah, yeah, because like, yeah, if you're running 150, like you talked about the Barkley last week, I actually put a bunch of lineups and I did. I might have like maybe five or ten percent Barkley, and you think that I have a big edge in the field, but I also had like five or ten percent Mixon. So, you know, good job. I uh, had I, I picked the Eagles running back wrong. I did go Sanders. It was clearly Gainwell, um, as we saw in the four man. We'll get to later. I thought Boston Scott was the way to get an not an advantage, but to save salary in particular on Fanduel. But we'll talk about all that later. Isn't there that nonsense stat that like Gamewell scored against the Giants like nine games in a row or something silly like that? It's fine. Um, it's, he's the only one that continued the trip. Everyone else got <laughs> away with it. Boston Scott kept it going. He can't keep getting away with it. He did. Uh, McKinnon didn't. We'll talk about him soon enough. Uh, Ritz, jump in here. Thoughts as far as the Eagles? Yeah, I mean, when you look at the Eagles, they've been a team that's uh, you know been game game plan sensitive to the opponent basically. Uh, the entire season and you look at the 49ers I mean teams really have they're an inherent pass funnel for two reasons one they've led a lot of games and then two they're really awesome against the Ron and you know opponents have thrown the ball 62 percent of the time on them 74 percent of the yardage the 49ers allow is passing yardage that's the second highest rate in the league only the Titans uh, you know are more and when you look at the Eagles they've played six games this season against teams that are top 10 in the NFL and success rate against the run in those games, they've thrown the ball 59% of the time, 69% of the time in the first half of those games against everybody else. Those rates are 54% and 60% uh, for full game and in the set, in the first half. Uh, this, this is very similar to like when they played like the Titans or the Commanders where they came out and threw the ball in 77% of the first half snaps in those games. The only difference is the 49ers are a lot better against the pass, even though it's where they're a little bit weaker than those teams that the Eagles have faced so far to this point in the season. Um, so I look at it as the Eagles are probably going to be aggressive. They're not going to be able to establish like a, a, a traditional, you know, run game with, you know, a downhill run game. Like they were able to attack the giants linebackers last week, last week. Right. Uh, you know, you can put an extra body on Dexter Lawrence, four skies like Gerard Davis and, and you know, goes to Jalen Smith to make plays. And that's where they really beat them up. 49ers. They're completely inverse team, right? Like the, their linebackers are really good. Uh, I think the Eagles are going to have a hard time just traditionally running the football year. It's going to be, have to use, you know, Jalen hurts legs. Uh, and it's going to have to be a big A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith game. And the Eagles already throw the ball 70% of the time to their wide receivers, the highest rate in the league, 69.6% of the time. And that's the one area where the 49ers are vulnerable. They have another big game to CeeDee Lamb last week. Uh, they have been exposed by wide receiver ones kind of throughout the course of the season. They're 24th in the NFL in points allowed to those guys. The Eagles may not have a true wide receiver one. It may be like a 1A, 1B situation. And we can even debate who that is right now at this point. But 58% of the fantasy points the 49ers allow go to wide receivers. That's the highest rate in the NFL. It's going to have to be a big A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith kind of showing out here. Well, you know, the follow-up is which one? Which one do you prefer uh, looking at the X's and O's? Anecdotally, by the way, if you watch A.J. Brown, it feels like, remember like old school, like when Julio Jones mattered, like every time he gets up, it feels like he's, either, he's getting hurt or he's hurting. And like, how is it, this guy's not going to make it through this game. That just feels like watching A.J. Brown, like last game. Uh, every time he just, he's on the ground, it's like he struggles to get back up. He almost always will, but I, I always get nervous when I roster him. But of course, you know, he has yeah. those incredible ceiling games as well. Uh, Brown and Smith, pretty close, actually closer than probably you would guess. 
when you start looking at the numbers, but uh, they're also really similar as far as asking price now. 7K for Brown, 6-8 for Smith. Basically a coin toss on DK. Do you have a lean, Rich, as far as, uh, you know, forgetting about ownership? We don't know what that's going to be at this point anyway. Brown versus Smith. Who's got the better ceiling option? For, for ceiling, I would still say it's Brown. And it'd be interesting because we were on Devontae Smith as the pivot last week where Brown is going to check in and be more popular. Um, and it turns out he was the, you know, he's out-targeted A.J. Brown in seven of the past ten games. Uh, just the, the 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 men's ceiling is not quite as high where Brown's is, but I think it's going to flip. I think we're going to see Devontae Smith end up more popular than A.J. Brown this week. So we'll see and monitor that. Obviously, I'll go with the lesser-owned guy. Uh, I think it's a great bounce-back spot for A.J. Brown as well. We talked about the 49ers versus wide receiver ones. They're you know bad against perimeter wide receivers. That's where Devontae Smith plays, too. It's, it's kind of a dealer's choice here. I do kind of slightly prefer Brown, but only because I think right now in my head, I think he'll be lower rostered but uh we'll see how that comes to be to the end of the week we may get a little injury discount as well which in a short slate obviously more than willing to take a chance on a player with his ceiling am i I wrong for saying that john as far as aj brown he just feels like a guy that like always well he was banged up last week i mean he played as the fewest snaps he's played in a game uh they talked about he had some kind of hip or hamstring they were kind of like they didn't really disclose what it was uh, but he he played just 11 snaps in the second half of that game, and only he only ran five pass routes in the second half of that game. He was clearly dealing with something. Rich, on in 150, do you include uh, uh, Quez Watkins? You got He's got to at least be. Oh in yeah, the, he's got to be in the, the you know the mix. Uh, yeah, and Zach Pascal. He he ran more pass routes than Watkins. He's a little bit better of a blocker, so they they had him in obviously at the run heavy script, especially in the second half of that game where they were just it was the token Eagles game right that we saw all year. They get out to a huge lead, and the, the Eagles' offense has to do absolutely yeah. nothing in the second half. They threw seven passes in the second half. Uh, that won't happen this week. I think this game will be a lot tighter. Um, but, yeah, I think you got to include Quez Watkins because he plays a little bit in the slot, and where the 49ers have been vulnerable around these downfield throws, right, like these these the deep throws, 20 yards or further downfield. Uh, Quez, where Quez Watkins has the highest rate of his targets come from on the Eagles' roster. Uh, 49ers are 23rd in completion rate. They've allowed six touchdowns to wide receivers on those throws. That's 27th in the NFL. He would be kind of the one-off dart, I think, the, the throw here with the Eagles pass catchers. Especially because Dallas Goddard, we're expecting to come in quite high roster given his cheap salary. And honestly, a, a tight end slate where yet again, you're really just asking if you can fade Travis Kelsey or not and get away with anyone else. We could not last week. Uh, yeah, we have. We <laughs> could not. <laughs> Yeah, it's he almost had the I played all-time. a lot of Goddard, and it still wasn't enough. <laughs> Even Hurst, like Hurst was good, but not you could run two tight ends. I don't think tight ends won it. Yeah, it's only could have. Yeah, Fanduel was great. obviously at that 8k salary for Kelsey was a lot tougher, and uh, I tried to make it work, but was severely underweight on him, unfortunately. Yeah, I will get to him. I think a producer Steve was the only one in the four man to have Kelsey, he had him at Mahomes, yeah. and he still won. I, I think he beat me by like a point. Um, and I think I, I can't remember well, who I had. Doesn't matter, but uh, it's because yeah. like the first the first three games, you know, Joe Burrow was in winning tournament lineups, but even then, you had to be feeling or I felt really good having you know 49ers Cowboy stacks going into that last game because really outside of Kelsey, no one hit. Like you were comfortable with having anyone in that game, and then of course 49ers Cowboys flopped altogether. Yeah, uh, it is wild the early optimals, and again, grain of salt, right? But it's we have on DK. I ran a 150, 69% Goddard, 5% Kelsey, 1% Kittle. Just outrageous. Like, it's not going to settle like that, obviously. No. But it just, it, it tells you, if nothing else tells you, the cap is tight. Uh, and on Fandle, mm-hmm. 
uh, 75% Goddard, 28% Hurst, 4% Noah Gray, 1% Kelsey, 1%. And 1% they, I mean, FanDuel's been on his salary for a long time. Like they, they have made it hard to play Kelsey over there. Yeah. And I've, I've admittedly been one of those plebes to toy around with Noah Gray this week. We'll get there when we get there. <laughs> yeah. I played him a little bit last week, and I think he had at least like a 30 yard catch. I don't know if he did anything else, but like yeah, he's yeah. on I the bet field. his overs and he got there at one catch. I felt yeah. lucky. I felt lucky uh, enough just to cash those. Yeah. It was the Chad, it was the Chad Henney drive too, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. No, he caught it in the second half. I think he had his. Catch. Okay. Yeah. It was that 127 yeah. yard catch. Yep. Yeah. We got there all one yeah. play. That's all you need when you when you bet the yeah Wilson run. when you're when your receiving line is 15 and a half yards. Well, don't look down, Rich, but it's 12 and a half this week. Just let oh you know. baby, fire it up! <laughs> I'm getting flashbacks to my T.Y. Hilton. The we go like, back. Oh Jesus, I don't want to talk about uh, it. T.Y. Yeah, Hilton nearly got there. He did outscore Michael Gallup. That's the best part. <laughs> we, we did call that part. He outscored Michael it's, Gallup. Um. Anything else? I mean, yeah, Goddard's great. It just I think it's an interesting uh, ownership conversation because again, what we're seeing, he's almost definitely the most popular tight end. Just kind of the way lineup construction works. Four one on DK is a really, I mean, that's that's a really good price. Um, yeah, and Kelsey's seven eight, and we'll get to Kelsey. But Kelsey was on track last week to have the most catches all time in a playoff game. I think he had ten in the first fifteen. I think is number one. I tweeted it out. I think it was a couple of running backs, Darren Sproles. And somebody else, uh, at, is it 15 catches? Both those teams, the the Jaguars and the 49ers, were just like willing to let both of those guys, CD Lamb and Travis Kelsey, just catch pass after pass. And it was like, all right, we know exactly what's coming here. Are we not gonna like put bracket him? Do anything here? Um. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you might want to cover that guy. He's pretty good. I mean, yeah, I mean, Travis Kelsey, he has 17 targets in that game. Outrageous. He had 14 um, catches. The rest of the Chiefs had 13 catches. Uh, the Jaguars, remember, they drafted Devin Lloyd like for that reason, like pretty much just to stop Travis Kelsey. And um, they benched him mid-year. They can't, they can't even get him on the field. Interesting. Um, we uh, we got to talk about the Niners. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Brock Purdy, tough environment. This is probably the toughest environment he's ever going to be in or the, in his short career uh, in Philadelphia for the championship game here. Um should note, I guess, and, and who knows, but the, the CMC thing last week with the, what was it, his leg or his hamstring, and they're, you know, again, they, they didn't, like, just hammer him. They were playing Mitchell a good bit down the stretch. Uh, you know, it's Wednesday. We'll see. Stay tuned. I guess we'll have the conversation, Rich, assuming that CMC is a full go, but talk to me about the Niners and whatever your level of concern on a Wednesday about CMC. I think it was his hamstring, right? Uh, I think it was a calf injury and that's, you know, something we've seen, you know, with Elijah Mitchell active, he's the, the body blows guy, right? Like when they need to put this thing away, uh, it's always been Elijah Mitchell. He, you know, he's McCaffrey's now played six games with Elijah Mitchell and he's rushed for more than 45 yards in one of them. And then that one game, he had a 68 yard run on its, on its own. So he kind of got there on, on one kind of carry in that game. But we've seen, you know, it has all been Elijah Mitchell in the same in the, to end games because you see Elijah Mitchell, 11 of his 14 carries came in the fourth quarter again last week. Uh, in the six games he's played at Christian McCaffrey, he has just 17 of his 62 carries in the first half of those games. It's going to be, you know, CMC early. And if the game's tight, we might never even see Mitchell or if this injury, because remember Mitchell has a groin injury too. You know, he's another one of those guys that you talk about Julio and he's always perpetually dealing with some kind of soft tissue injury, but it's also another run back spot for like McCaffrey to be in another bad environment running the football. 
Uh, you look at since yeah. week 11, when the Eagles acquired Linval Joseph and Dominican Sue, that, that aged beef, we called it. Uh, the Eagles have a 66% <laughs> success rate against running back carries. That's eighth in the NFL. They've allowed a first down or touchdown on 16% of all running back carries. That's the lowest rate in the NFL over that span. Uh, and then prior to that, it was at, you know, 56%, you know, success rate. That was 28th in the NFL, a first center touchdown, 26% of all carries. That was 29th in the NFL without any of Linval Joseph, the rookie Jordan Davis or Namakin two on the field. They've allowed five and a half yards per carry to running back 60% success rate with any of the three, just one of the three, it's 3.93 yards per carry, 66% success rate. They've been really good against the run. They've given up a lot of rushing production. They've faced, they faced a slew of mobile quarterbacks that have boosted up the rushing yardage they've given up in totality, but they've been really excellent against running backs. It's going to have to be a game where CMCI, I think, is involved in the pass game a, a lot like Kanye was last week. He of the yards last week, but six of eight targets led the team in targets. That's probably what we see in a similar runout because – the heat's coming again. Uh, you know, we saw Brock Purdy last week face the team as number one in pressure rate, but Dallas, although they create a lot of pressures, are really bad at converting their pressures into sacks. They're first in the NFL in pressure rate, 15th in sack rate on pressures. Guess who is number two in pressure rate? The Eagles. And guess who's number one in the NFL in converting pressures into sacks? The Eagles. So this is going to be another game where Purdy is going to be have just a lot of heat on him again. And that's kind of been – his one bugaboo so far as a starter, it's everyone's starter. He's a rookie quarterback. You, you, you expect your know, pressure bothers at the best of quarterbacks. Uh, but that's kind of been his, his splits when he's kept clean. He's awesome. When he's kept clean against the Cowboys, he was incredible. He's 15 to 17 passing in that game. Uh, but you know, when the Cowboys were able to get pressure on him, you know, three yards for pass attempt, that's kind of where we, the world we live in again this week with the 49ers, it's gonna be another game where Purdy might be fine and not turn the ball over, but it's 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 probably a low ceiling for a lot of these 49ers players again. Eagles also average the most sacks per game, 3.1 and a double digit sack rate when they sent four pass rushers or less this year and that's what Dallas did. They pressured Purdy as you mentioned on 50% of his dropbacks, the highest rate of the divisional round and sending four rushers on all but only seven snaps, defensive snaps in that game. That's all they blitzed at all. So, it is a similar situation and if we're looking at that and Purdy being under pressure, uh in my opinion, it takes away from Purdy's ceiling. The good thing is we at least know that this target tree is pretty whittled down. Like George Kittle, yes, can as he's shown us can definitely get there solely on touchdowns from Purdy, but with Debo Samuel back in the mix now, even if you just look at only the playoffs, Samuel has 16 targets, leads the team in that span. Christian McCaffrey's next up with 10. And if we are, yes, I, I'm not playing, I'm not wanting to play McCaffrey for his rushing production, but honestly, like looking at the big picture landscape of the slate, I look at everyone and ask like what running back produces this weekend. So it's almost like I want to find a way to pay up for McCaffrey's receptions, not even giving a damn like what he does on the ground. Yeah, it's it's interesting where it feels like, uh, you know, and that's why you were talking about before about Miles Sanders crossing him out. It's like, okay, cross out Miles Sanders, CMC. You got to doesn't catch forward. passes anyways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you get CMC's games last week from a DraftKings. Like, I mean, he, he, you know, the yardage wasn't there, efficiency was there, but he caught six passes and scored a touchdown. So I mean, you're getting you're getting those full PPR points, and the, and he's got that touchdown equity always. And five, yeah, 
Five points for catches may be good on this running back slate, honestly. <laughs> it's like last week, you know, Samaj P. Ryan we talked about on DraftKings, and he got 11 points, which considering the rest of the running backs, like that was the RBT you needed to win tournaments. But like I like we talked about earlier, I played Boston Scott on FanDuel because it's a different conversation. We're trying to chase touchdowns there, so I wasn't playing P. Ryan there. Uh, but McCaffrey, yeah, just given the landscape, unless you're trying to squeeze in Kelsey, like maybe that's the player you play anyways and just hope for the receiving score. I didn't hear a ton of optimism for San Fran uh, from Rich, and that's kind of where I'm at too. And that's, that's where again I. Well, I also I like think that most of the Eagles guys have lowered ceilings too. I mean, you you have to temper I think expectations for both teams in this game, mm-hmm. uh, based on their performances against you know when they've had to punch up. I mean, the Eagles have only played five games against teams that are top ten in EPA allowed uh, per play, and in those games, their points per drive dropped to one point nine three. They scored a touchdown on twenty three percent of those possessions, and they've scored on thirty three percent of those drives those are massive drops off of their of their games against uh, opponents outside of those parameters so i mean in general i think this game is a lot gonna look a lot like the i think it could look a lot like the dallas 49ers game a week ago uh just depends where the turnovers go though but yeah i, I think it's pre- you probably the wide receivers here on the eagles have the highest ceilings i think when you're looking at just some like a a unit group of like guys that can like really have like a big game right because the 49ers have been giving up big games to wide receivers. Mm-hmm. But the rest of these guys, I think, when they if they hit for you, it's going to be they got you like what you needed as opposed to like Debo going nuts or Kittle going nuts or Goddard going nuts or, you know, Miles Sanders going nuts. So, like I think most of the other guys are just getting you there if they do hit. And that's why I am, you know, we don't know on a Wednesday, as you said, Dean, but I am going to be looking at ownership the entire time because I would guess right now, Bengals Chiefs, especially the Bengals side, is much more attractive to a lot of people. And if that's the case, I I do want, yeah. And I, I do want to, though, be overweight on the Eagles offense just because I think we're going to get, as we mentioned, a lot of volume from Jalen Hurts. And that's a chance I'm just willing to take. I just think it's always, it's worth noting, like a four-game slate, you don't have to be perfect at every spot. Just like Pete Ryan wasn't, wasn't amazing last week. But it, it you don't have to be faster than the bear. You just got to be faster than, like, the slowest guy running away from the bear, that, yeah. that, that sort of concept. Like, you don't have to make perfect lineups. It's, we're all dealing with the same puzzle pieces, and it's very possible, like, the winning score this week is, like, 111 points. <laughs> That's possible. Right. It, it could just, that could just be the way it is. Especially if you think both games go under, which uh, I think there's a real good chance of that. That's what I was hearing from Rich. Uh, it sounded like Rich was, like, without saying it, implying he's a fan of the under. John, you, you like the under as well, 46 and a half as far as San Fran Philly? I prefer the, not that I think it's going to go over, but if I had to pick one, I would think the over has a better chance in this game than Bengals Chiefs, personally. Uh, Rich, give me this. Give me the player you absolutely want to be overweight on or if you want to say a stack, by all means, in San Fran, Philly. Arthur Juan. Yeah. Um, give, me, say, get, no, give me this. Give me the one that you're most willing to be under on. Like, you just, you know, you know, obviously you understand all the factors of ownership and, you know, salary. Who's the one that, like, you can, you can be okay being underweight on as far as San Fran, Philadelphia? I would say on the Eagles side, Goddard. And on the 49ers side, I mean – any of them uh <laughs> yeah i would um, say yeah probably i guess debo by default just he's gonna be he debo's gonna be the only one that's really popular him and cmc i'm sorry they're gonna be the two most popular guys because we've seen the iuk splits kind of come to light like people aren't gonna chase him against the eagles um 
Kittle's kind of just in limbo, right? Like he's priced in between Kelsey and Goddard. Yeah. Uh, and is there like, do you have like an Uber dart? Like again, a one in one fifty. I would say Quez. Quez would be the dude. Yeah. Okay. That's what I want. Um, and the same questions for you, John. Uh, the, the dude, the player, the stack that you absolutely want to have that you're going to be do your best to make sure you're overweight on uh, in relevance to the field. San Fran Philly. It, it's definitely Jalen Hurts. And then I'll probably tinker with some Hurts wide receiver onslaughts. And the your most comfortable fade? It's Dallas Goddard. Uh, my, my lineups do not represent Dallas Goddard well right now, at least on Wednesday. All right. So I'm hearing stack uh, Hurts with Brown. That's what I'm hearing. And uh, give, what is your like goofy, ambitious fade? We didn't really talk about like the Jennings or the, the Ray Ray McClouds of the world. Again, if you're running 150, I suppose they're in your pool. You don't feel confident about them. Their floor is zero. Do you have uh, – can you see Quez Watkins and raise them with somebody? I do, don't think I could beat Kez Watkins, who I am open to for all the reasons. Yeah, Juwan Jennings. Juwan Jennings. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you could do Jennings. Um, I, I think I'm more open to two tight end builds and like going Kittle over Debo since they're the same conversation, at least on DraftKings. Like, at least for Christian McCaffrey, we have the conversation about salary and you have to sacrifice a player. Like, you can't, well, you, you have to really try to squeeze it if you go like Jalen Hurts doubles with Christian McCaffrey, even with Goddard. But Debo is just so cheap on DraftKings, they don't move his salary. So even having a 25% target share in his starts with Brock Purdy, uh, it, it doesn't even matter. People are just going to naturally play him. Mm-hmm. And lineup construction-wise, uh, John, I feel like I'm hearing you say like you're much more likely or more likely to play two tight ends, four receivers, as opposed to three running backs. Is that is that correct on a Wednesday afternoon? Yeah, two tight ends or four wide receivers is where I'm leaning at right now. Two tight end, maybe if only if you think it's an ugly slate, and and we'll get here. Like I just keep looking at Hayden Hurst's receptions, and I'm like, sure, like four catches, that's probably good in this <laughs> ugly ass slate. Uh, so yeah, we're just gonna we're just gonna play around a little bit. All right, producer Street Steve, throw up the Thrive props. We'll talk about the second game in just a second. We do want to uh, thank Thrive for sponsoring this podcast throughout the entire season. Do appreciate that. If you guys are not aware of Thrive, well, we'll talk about them in just a second. But we do have the props. We'll let you guys know. We'll give you a sweet deposit bonus as well. But, uh, by the way, I don't know if you guys know this. I know you watch the screen live, but I do, in the email, I do uh, take pictures of the actual props as well. <laughs> I, I feel like wow. you guys never acknowledge that or even known. I didn't never, yeah. like, mention it to you. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, I feel like. <laughs> I uh, appreciate your effort there, Dean. Yes. <laughs> we do like you. Uh, I think we're both a do-it-live kind of person <laughs> john i will give you the honor it's like unwrapping first. you know it's a, a you know unwrapping the the or reaching into the box of chocolates man you know, you know we're not we don't know what we're really getting here fair enough <laughs> uh john go first fire away as far as some overs and some <laughs> unders be as bold be as ambitious as you want to be or thrive sure let's go back up to jalen hurts and let's go over uh, oh, we don't even get juice for the over. Hold on. We don't, let's not do over. That's not much. Uh, let's go back down to Patrick Mahomes because I think I saw him tagged with 315 and a half total yards and we get juice on less. We're definitely doing that. Um, his legs haven't really been a factor in these games anyways, but he also has yet to eclipse or his last three contests anyways, against the Bengals didn't eclipse 275 passing yards in any of those games. So yeah, we'll definitely take some juice here on Patrick Mahomes that who could be hobbled. And then 
gosh, Juju, that Mahomes injury killed me last week. Uh, I oh, it, he was getting there anyways. So he matter. probably wasn't. That's probably an excuse <laughs> I make, honestly. At least the opening drive. The opening drive was hot, though. We got a couple. We're gonna talk there. about those Jamokes, man. These these <laughs> Kansas City wide. Oh, receivers. we're getting them all back this week too. We get to play them all. <laughs> the world is your oyster. Uh, and then they they make them tough this week. They're not even giving you good. Oh, under 50, 56 and a half for Miles Sanders. We get is that fifty point juice on Miles Sanders? Yes, under. That's receiving too, just so you know. It's rushing and receiving. That's okay. Receiving is basically zero. He's not going to catch any passes. When's the last game he had two catches? (laughs) Why don't they throw the ball to him? It's kind of weird, but uh, all right. Uh, Uh, To answer that question, week 13 was the last time he had two receptions. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, Rich, what do you have as far as uh, the props? What's popping out here? I see your boy. Uh, Arthur Juan, 70 and a half, and it's a true, like 50-50, 100 points over, 100 points under. All right. 70 and a half yards. Yeah, fire that one up. Uh, I like the under on the Brandon Ayuk line as well. Uh, you know, with Debo Samuel on the field and Brock Purdy, he's just been targeted on 15% of his routes. Uh, so, and the Eagles are, are awesome on the outside against outside wide receivers. So I like that one. Uh, I kind of like the McCaffrey under rushing yards because you're not, it's no receiving yards are factored in. Like, see, he's yeah. only rushed for more than 45 yards in one game that Elijah Mitchell's played. Plus you have the calf injury out. Like what if there's an aggravation? Uh, uh, I feel like Debo it's you're losing, you're giving away 20, 20 points, but I mean the over, over three and a half catches feel like too clean there to just give those away. We need some of the free ones, right? Yeah, it feels pretty good. Um, as far as, as I'm curious what his projections are, uh, projected for, but I'm um, pulling it up right That's now. All imagine all about, uh, in the game we talked about, uh, Bengals Chiefs we haven't talked about, but what do we get? Burrow, if we can get three passing tuds, he's a, you know get, we're getting we're getting juice there. Mixon fifty two and a half rushing yards looks pretty solid. A lot of these look pretty good in that game. You can get a pick as well. You can get two touchdowns and a pick for Burrow. When you're there. Yeah, it's true. Interception gets you there too. I definitely think he's throwing multiple tuds in this game. Yeah, um, yeah. So I don't mind that one as well. But yeah, those all look good. Those all look good in that one. That's and I, I I also agree with Daigle's Mahomes take. Yeah, I just pulled it up as a passing yard projection for what it's worth is right under 300. I saw 299, 299 in the blitz for uh, courtesy of Cardi. I say courtesy, like I didn't ask for permission, but you know, <laughs> I, pulled, I pulled it up. I assume he wouldn't be angry if I threw it out there. If you guys are not aware of Thrive, uh, we've been talking about it all season long. Where have you been? Joining the fantasy prop action this NFL season, Thrive Fantasy, easy to play. As you see, you just kind of pick a, what ten of ten of these twenty, uh, and you know you know you pick your ten favorite props based upon points. Uh, you click the most points, you win yourself a big chunk of the prize pool. Uh, the ones that are more likely to happen, you get less points for. Less likely to happen, you get more points for. You're rewarded for your ambition if it hits. We have a nice bonus code for you all as well. Grinders, that's G R I N D E R S. When you sign up for a deposit bonus up to two hundred fifty dollars, as well as free tickets. Terms and conditions apply. Check out the Rotor Grinders review page or Thrive Fantasy in the description for more. Uh, I have a written here as far as the tickets. At least I did. I think you get more tickets. I know you get more tickets. Here it is. Yeah, two free $20 contest tickets if you deposit between $100 and $499. You deposit $500 or more, six free individual $20 contest tickets to play for there on Thrive. Okay, one game down, one game to go. We'll talk about our movie afterwards. Uh, Joe Burrow versus Mahomes. 47 and a half is the total. Kansas City 
this is the one, right? Uh, they are now what a one point dog at home. Uh, they opened as geez, didn't they open as like a two point favorite? I want to say or one and a half point favorite at home. Uh, of course, some hesitancy, some uh, murkiness, murkiness as far as the health of Mahomes. But uh, yeah, he was at least seen today. Uh, he practiced and he was seen today walking without a walk away from the podium. So that's at least some optimism, I suppose. There's still one point dogs at home versus Cincinnati. I'll, I'll throw it to you, Rich. Like how much? Uh, and again, Wednesday, more information will be had going forward. But what we have right now, how concerned are you with Mahomes and his uh, his injury? And, uh, you know, how are you going to adjust if you are as far as making lineups? Um, not a, a whole time. I and mean, we saw Mahomes last week, even in the second half of that game. He led all quarterbacks in the divisional round uh, in second half passer rating and EPA per play. Uh, pretty good on one leg, Patrick Mahomes still. Uh, so, I mean, you do take away a component where, like, you saw, like, on the first drive of that game, you know, he's his, his plays out of structure are just so amazing. But he could still play some traditional quarterback, too. He's pretty good. Uh, so I do think that more or less, like, he's still going to be able to throw the ball effectively in this game. Now, in these matchups with the Bengals, though, like, they've done a really good job at already eliminating his ceiling. Uh, in these three matchups with these teams, he's been right at 20 points. 20.9, 20.9, 19.8 fantasy points. Um, when these teams played earlier in the season, uh, he completed just 59% of his passes. And the Bengals are number one in the NFL in completion rate allowed to quarterbacks. Dangle talked about some of the quarterbacks they faced. And they didn't face a really daunting rogues gallery. But they did limit guys like Mahomes, and they did face him. Uh, There's another quarter, good quarterback they faced, too, uh, Josh Allen last week. And way below his, his seasonal you know, output as well. Uh, it was just the... Mahomes had one game where he completed fewer rate of his passes than this game, and he had just one game where he few for lower passing yards than this game against the Bengals. Lou Anarumo, the dude, is he's got the touch, man. And you look at these games against the Chiefs, and it's just what he's done against everybody since he's been with the Bengals. Uh, in the second half of these games, the Chiefs have just can't score points. Uh, and that's kind of what has been Lou Anarumo's like kind of calling card is that the Bengals don't give up any production in the second half of games. And it happened again to the Bills last week. Uh, the Chiefs have led all of these games. Uh, they've, I'm sorry, they led two of the three in the first half. They haven't trailed going into the fourth quarter of any of these three games, even though everyone keeps citing the three, you know, Burroughs 3-0. and These games have been good games. They've been tight, and the Chiefs have largely led or been leading in uh, these games going into the fourth quarter. But, yeah, they've already limited the ceiling of Mahomes, so they've kind of had his number. When you look at the Chiefs in general – there's still something about the Chiefs that's kind of uninspiring versus other Chiefs teams, right? And we saw a little bit of that again last week. Like these wide receivers aren't any good. <laughs> and it's kind of a problem. It really <laughs> is. It really is more of a like they've gotten this far, so it's not like a huge problem, but like they don't have any good wide receivers. Like their best wide receiver is a guy they manufacture touches for. <laughs> so is do you think Lou Anarumo is gonna let Travis Kelsey get 17 targets in this game? Hell no. There is no way that some of the, some of these, these vagabond wide receivers are going to have to step up in this game. There's no way they're letting Travis Kelsey catch 14 passes. And I'm and hearing I think, you say, Oh, go ahead. Well, and I think everyone naturally goes to Kadarius Tony because they, they 
keep trying to play him. They keep trying to jam him in. But like even the Chiefs, like Rich was saying, don't want to play him. They they are continuing to just use him as their fourth or wide, fifth wide receiver off the bench. Since McCall Hardman was injured, McCall Hardman, who's practicing on Wednesday, may come back this week. Uh, Tony still hasn't run a route on over 33% of dropbacks in any game. They just don't want to use him um, unless they just dump it off underneath, which is what basically Mahomes did injured last week in the second half to him. And now if we get McCole Hardman back, it looks like we may get Clyde Edwards-Alaire back. There's a chance Jody Fortson also returns and ruins our $2,500 Noah Gray this week. Like, um, you know, these guys don't inspire you, I understand, from like an on-field perspective, but for fantasy, like we're kind of just now, if all these guys are only getting there on touchdowns anyway, especially Kadarius Tony, like what happens then with the guys who were previously getting there only on touchdowns comes back and vultures the usage. Best case scenario now, everyone's in a part-time role. It's just a it's a really weird situation to parse through for the Chiefs. Well, MVS had like one touchdown last week, but I think it was his only catch. You mentioned Tony. I think he had, yeah. what, 12 routes is the word uh, I heard. But he, when he's on the field, like cover him. He's, he's getting the ball. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. you can't cover him because he's getting the ball behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, his usage, remember, like he only got that usage because that was McCall Harbin's usage. So what happens now if Hardman's returns? Did we see a change in Mahomes uh, a dot? You know, after after the leg thing, I feel like watching the game, he was throwing a little bit shorter. But maybe I'm just wrong. Uh, you know, just kind of well, end. it's because he's throwing the ball 17 times this tight end. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, it's the same thing. We did this. We've done this shit all year with Justin Herbert, right? Like where people keep talking about like, Joe Lombardi is the, the only reason J- Justin Herbert has a low a dot, even though he's throwing the ball 300 times to you know Austin Eckler, you know Keenan Allen and Josh yeah. Palmer, like. You know, a dot is not a quarterback stat. It's 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 a receiver stat. So if you're going to be throwing the ball 17 times to your tight end, your a dot's not going to look so so great, right? Like it, that's kind of the where we are with that. But it's I will say this: there's a very strong chance one of these Chiefs wide receivers is the guy you need, and I can't tell you by hook or crook who to play. I I don't know. I don't know. How do you choose one of these guys? They, the Chiefs have targeted their wide receivers just 48% of the time. Only the Ravens have targeted their wide receivers at a lower rate. They haven't had a 100-yard wide receiver since week seven. The entire unit has seven receiving touchdowns over their past 11 games. The last, time, the last time these teams played, they combined for just six catches, the wide receivers. I don't know what to tell you. J- J- Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be out there the most, right? Like If you just want to take, take the guy who's on the field the most, sure. Maybe that's the path of least resistance. Um, but he's gone over 38 yards in two of his past 10 ga- nine games. He has a touchdown in one of his past 10 games. MVS is getting targeted on 14% of his routes. Justin Watson, I don't even know what they're doing with Justin Watson. He plays a good amount, but I can't tell you. I've seen him catch like two passes this year. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, he's only getting targeted on 11% of his routes. I, I, There's a good chance you luck box into one of these Chiefs guys being the skeleton key to the slate. I don't know who it is. I don't want to tell you. 
it would matter on a short slate too, but like MVS has basically just been Michael Gallup. Like he got there with a touchdown last week, but he's been under 30 yards in six consecutive games. His prop right now at books is 28 and a half. Like even Vegas just thinks, yeah, like he's not going to do anything. Who cares? And to be fair, Mahomes warned us. He told us at the beginning of the year. He's like, it's going to be yes. different every single week. Uh, so there was yeah. that one span where like we had you, like it was like Juju was like the guy. And then, like, when he got his concussion, he just never regained, like, that role. Uh, we talked about it a little bit last week, and you the same thing happened last week. Because of what the Chiefs are doing offensively, he's he's not even playing in the slot anymore either. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you look at – since the week eight by, he's played 62% of his snaps out wide. And Juju, historically, when you look at his splits, and they're, again, true this year, he's just a different player inside versus outside uh, in terms of yards per route run target rate per route, all those things. He's just better as an interior receiver than an outside receiver. And that's hurt his production the back half of the year as well. You said you don't think Kelsey's going to get 17 targets this week. Obviously that's not a hot take, but like through the defense, like there's just no way that the Bengals are going to let it happen. <laughs> yeah. But like, is he going to get enough? So if you go back to his playoff starts, what is like last seven or eight player starts, every single one of them is, is awesome. Yeah, uh, they're all fantasy relevant. Uh, with like these last seven, I saw. I think it was uh, Levitan who tweeted it out. I want to say, but uh, just he's just been incredibly uh, efficient and fabulous, and the floor has been amazing. Of course, you got to pay for him, and you know we live in the world of salary cap, and it, it's a big hit on your salary. How how much uh, are you willing to take that hit, uh, John? As far as uh, as far as tight end with Kelsey, I know you talk about fading Goddard. Ideally, yeah, you want to have Kelsey in your team, but everybody else wants Kelsey. Um, is it worth the hit to the rest of your team kind of is the question. It's almost the same question as last week, and we talked about it. You you had to – it made sense to pay up for him, knowing he was checking in around roughly less than 10%, just because of how tight last week was with a lot of stars on the board. Um, and it is tight this week, but at the same time now in a shorter slate, we can just legitimately say, if he, even if he has a normal week, like 5 for 70 I think we can get away with that and instead chase uh, a touchdown or a high reception floor guy. And so right now I'm looking at going underweight and not having much of him and instead going to McCaffrey's receptions, um, trying to pay up for some expensive receivers instead. But honestly, it's another situation. You already mentioned it where we think Travis Kelsey in a two game slate is once again going to be at less than 10%. He may just be a a construction, like literally just a, a pay up for tournaments kind of play. Yeah, if it's gonna be ten percent, like there's no way I'm not gonna be over on that. Like, I mean, I, if, even if it's like fifteen or twenty, I think that's still probably and, too low. And that's why I mentioned being underweight on Goddard because that's on DraftKings will be higher than that. Not Fanduel. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It depends on where you're shopping. That's, He's that's eight five on Fanduel. That that's rough. That's, that's more than last week, man. That's so tough. That's a quarterback price. That's Jalen Hurts price. Uh, I mean, it's just, and then, it's it's the same price as Jamar Chase. And we're gonna get there. Um, but yeah, it just really comes down to for DraftKings. Yeah, like I mentioned, it's I don't know. It's I, I don't even on DraftKings though, it's tough. It's really tough. I mean, he has to do on FanDuel, he has to do what he did last week, right? Like that's that that's how thin the margin is. Like he has mm-hmm. to have 25 plus points. Or or beat all the other tight ends by like 12 or something like that. Yeah. It doesn't have to be 25 yeah. necessarily, right? Basically, uh, no other tight no, ends score touchdown. I mean, not even necessarily beat all the tight ends, but like he has to basically match. He not only needs like to either have twenty five points or he needs to match like one of those top receivers. Well, uh, what if I told you this is not real? But what if I told you he put up twelve points and every other tight end puts up zero? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like 
Even though he puts up 12, it's not well, so much. It's yeah, but it, what if I tell you A.J. Brown is 30? Well, then, yeah, then you need A.J. Brown first. Yeah. <laughs> and don't even tell me the zero points. Just tell me Travis Kelsey has 12. I just need to know I what I chase anyone. Kelsey's points. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, I set up a really unrealistic, unrealistic yeah, scenario. But, but uh, and I think one, one of 150. I mean, I made 150, uh, uh, and this is on Wednesday and whatever. Uh, he's only in one lineup on FanDuel. That lineup, by the way, if you're curious what it looks like, I'll give it out on Wednesday. Don't play it. Uh, Mahomes, McKinnon, Sanders, Juju, Ayuk, Debo, Goddard, Kelsey. So double tight end. Um, it's not horrific, but okay. That's I made a lineup with him too on DraftKings. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. DraftKings, it probably sounds better, I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's hard. Out. It's hard on FanDuel. Uh, for sure. They make it real tough over there. Steve can find a way. <laughs> <laughs> you can. You can do it. Um, but he was the only money I made last week was the Saturday because I played Kelsey and somehow Luckbox and a G- he, Gainwell was in that lineup. There the you dumbest, go. The oh, dumbest, nice. That's a, these short slates, man. It's the, 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 the dumbest shit sometimes. And, and the, I, the, only, the only money I made was the four game because I had Kelsey and CD Lamb. Like I didn't yeah. even get the rest right, but that's all you needed. Yeah, which again, that might be the, the play. That, you don't have to get everything right this week because no. a lot of pieces. There's there's only so many correct answers probably. Um, yeah, and and all these and all these jags are definitely going to get a lot of ownership. We're gonna we're gonna see people take pop shots on Clyde Edwards-Alaire. We're gonna see the Justin Watsons of the world check in. <laughs> like in a two game slate, everyone's going to play these guys. Is Ceh like the floor? Is he four K on DK? I haven't even looked to be honest. Like like how how much work is he actually going to get? I think he's. Uh, I think he's more than that because when I looked, like Kyle Juszczyk was the most usable player at 4K. It's it's he's pretty tough two. on DK if you're trying to fade out. Yeah, running back. Well, and the floor is yeah. the floor is four. And and then remember, uh, post buy, like they basically eliminated Cladwards Lair anyways right. prior to his injury, and and maybe they try to get something going in his first game back. We also know they're just perpetually bored inside the ten yard line, so who knows what they're <laughs> going to come up with. Um, if he scored a touchdown, it wouldn't be too shocking, but that's really all you're going for here. Rich, you gave a big speech on, you know, not knowing which receiver to play, which running back are we playing in Kansas city? Uh, I mean, I still think you've got to take a shot on McKinnon between the two, just because of the, the, the pass catching, but, uh, we know, cause we know we have a Pacheco, right? Like the dude's a kick returner playing running back. Uh, even his 38 yard run last week, he ran directly in the back of his offensive lineman and it just bounced <laughs> off. Like the dude is like, he's crazy. Like he just, he, he drank seven jolt colas and you hand him the ball. Like he's just <laughs> like a wind up toy, right? He's one of those race cars that you know, you pull back and like, it only goes straight. Like that's what it is. That's like how he runs. It's like his running style, but we know what we have in him. Like if he doesn't score a touchdown, he, he's gotta be hyper efficient on the ground or he's, you know, cause he's not gonna catch any passes. Like, He's just not really getting the, the football a lot. Like he has more than 16 touches in one game this season. He's caught two or fewer passes in every game, but one this year in the highest three. Uh, and the Bengals are awesome against the run. Uh, you know, he did score a touchdown when these teams played earlier in the year. He had the 14 carries for 66 yards. It's kind of like where he lives, right? Like how efficient can you be on those 12 to 14 carries? Can we get a touchdown out of you? We know what we have in you. Uh, McKinnon has shown like to have like the, the touchdown juice and we knew his deal with the devil was going to finally come <laughs> to an end. Um, but the surprising thing is he didn't even catch a pass. Not only that he didn't, he failed to catch a touchdown pass. He failed to catch a pass. Mm-hmm. The first time he didn't catch a was pass. There a target? 
Uh, he did have one target, right? Uh, he, okay. It was his first target. time. It was his first time since week three. He didn't catch a pass, but we still also saw McKinnon is the foxhole back for the Chiefs, right? Especially when Mahomes had that injured leg. Who was in every snap after that? You you seen the pass pro, right? He stoned uh, someone. Uh, was it uh, the the one linebacker they signed from the the Falcons? Like he stoned him on a blitz pickup. He he led the team in snaps uh, between him and uh, Pacheco only Christian McCaffrey matched him in snaps rung running backs last week. Um, and he gets got that red zone equity. So if you're forcing me, I would still choose him, but I don't feel like the ceiling is high for either of these guys, but on a short slate, like who has a high ceiling outside of McCaffrey and Mixon, anyways. So, I mean, sure. If we're thinking that Mahomes injury is more severe than it actually is. So we assuming there's a correlation that McKinnon's more likely to stay in the block and therefore, uh, like basically, if you're afraid of that was uh, true in the second half last week, and they were up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like again, but and if Mahomes is fine, I guess McKinnon will run more patterns. But uh, they've also shown us because the you know the Chiefs pretty good fo- real football team. Like at any like at, there's been like no point outside of the Rams game where they've just like lined up in the second half of games and said like all right Pacheco it's your time to dust these guys off right like <laughs> that's never ha- it hasn't happened. Yeah. Um. Final take here on the Chiefs here, John. Did you want to give a thought as far as this running back situation? It's it's murky. Everything about Casey is murky. One of twelve guys can score touchdowns. <laughs> Again, I just really don't foresee much rushing production from anyone, Joe Mixon included. And if that's the case, I'm just trying to chase receptions yet again in this slate, like we talked about last week. So saving the salary, or you know, going up to Christian McCaffrey, or otherwise saving the salary, including on someone like McKinnon, I'm fine with that. John, give me uh, your uh, your Bengals take. Feel free to start wherever you want to start as far as Cincy. Well, we well let's start with the offensive line. We talked about that last week, and yes, we didn't think it would factor much, which is what led us to Joe Mixon, P. Ryan. That was only Joe Mixon's only second 100-yard game all year long. Um, I would guess we don't expect him to have that kind of rushing production again, as we've talked about throughout the show. But overall, Burrow the last month now, getting rid of the ball 2.3 seconds from snap to throw. When he held onto the ball longer last week, even then, he was great. He went 6 of 12 for two touchdowns and no interceptions on throws 10 yards downfield. You can spin the narrative, though, to say the Bills did not have Von Miller, no Micah High, just completely banged up in the secondary. So what if Chris Jones and others, like a more viable front seven, are able to get more pressure on Joe Burrow? At the same time, though, he's, get, he's yet again getting rid of the ball so quickly that you can say, okay, well, unlike the Bills, the Chiefs still allow more production to running backs in the passing game. Uh, Chiefs are allowing second in receptions per game to running backs and ninth in receiving yards per game. We also know in the playoffs so far, P. Ryan has outsnapped Mixon 20 to 5 on third and fourth down. He's run more routes than Mixon in back to back games as well in the wild card and divisional rounds. So I honestly think it's just another situation where if you don't think Mixon's going to get the rushing production, you can just go back and pay for P. Ryan receptions again. Jump in here, Rich. I feel like if I was hearing you earlier, like you seem pretty confident Burrow's going to throw multiple touchdowns. So, and you're getting a bit of a discount off of Hurts, off of Mahomes. Um, is Burrow your favorite quarterback this week? Unless I was uh, listening long, wrong, or you think Mahomes going like, to throw for yeah, four? Yeah, he'll be the he'll be the field too. He's going to be the highest rostered quarterback on the slate for sure. 
I, I feel pretty confident in that. Uh, Dale brought up, you know, bring, being able to pressure Burrow. They pressured Burrow on just 22% of his dropbacks the first matchup. The only quarterback they pressured, the Chiefs pressured at a lower rate this season was Tom Brady, and that was 17%. Uh, and it's been a problem for the Chiefs all year, whether they get home or not. No team is impacted by whether they pressure the quarterback more or not against the pass. When they have pressured the opposing quarterback, the Chiefs have allowed a 42% completion rate. That's sixth lowest in the league. They've allowed a league low 3.6 yards for pass attempt. When they haven't gotten pressure on the quarterback, they've allowed a league high 74.7% completion rate, 7.8 yards for pass attempt. That's 24th in the NFL and a five and a half percent touchdown rate. That's 30th in the NFL. These teams have played three times since last January. Everyone knows that when the chiefs have not pressured Joe Burrow, in those games. And remember, they've only sacked him six times in these games, one each in the last two. He's completed 75% of his passes, 9.1 yards per pass attempt, seven passing touchdowns, one interception. The game this year, when the Chiefs didn't pressure him, he was 22 of 27, 9.2 yards per pass attempt, two touchdowns when they didn't pressure him. Tyler Boyd also dropped a third touchdown in that game, uh, which was horrendous. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, and other thing too, at Burroughs in this game, he ran a season high 11 times this matchup. And this has been common against the Chiefs since their week eight bye. Only the Lions have allowed more rushing yards to opposing quarterbacks than the Chiefs. Uh, they've allowed five and a half rushing points per game to opposing quarterbacks of this span. Every quarterback has rushed for 15 or more yards against them, and all but two have rushed for 20 or more yards against them, including Burroughs 11 for 46 and a touchdown. So I think just Mahomes' injury is is in the salary is going to get Burrow to be the highest roster quarterback. This game mm-hmm. is going to have the most popularity anyways because the total – uh, but yeah, he's, I think he's object and he's absolutely smashed these three matchups. Like you hit compared to Mahomes, like he's got two 30 point games and a 21 point game in these three matchups. He's, he's been the ceiling play between these two quarterbacks. Team totals wise, the closest team total on the slate, San Fran 22, the highest one is Cincinnati at 24.25. So it's pretty condensed in the total, mm-hmm. uh, 47 and a half since EKC 46 and a half San Fran Philly question for you here, Rich follow up because, KC, I assume they're aware of all those stats. The DC for KC, is he a stubborn dude or is he willing to adjust? What do you think he's going to do? Max does a lot of a lot of different things, but he he he's another one of these guys. That he can't help himself. He likes to pressure the quarterback. He likes to try to dial pressure, but you know you don't blitz Joe Burrow, man, because you ain't going to get there. Why blitz? It's a, it's the same thing. Like Daniel talk. Why blitz a guy that's getting rid of the ball in two seconds? Mm-hmm. What's the point? Yeah, right. Like. We live that thing with like end of the career Roethlisberger, although he wasn't any good, right? Like teams are just like, why the hell are we going to blitz this dude? Like, what's the point? It's the same thing with Brady, right? Like nobody blitzes because you're not going to get home. But so, isn't that chicken and the egg? If, if you only send three, like theoretically, wouldn't he hold the ball for another half a second? Probably not, you know, because it hasn't been okay. the MO. Because the, here's the other the kicker. What the Bengals see was what the time. It's what it's, it's, it's what pushed us their offense to run this way in the first place, right? Even when their offensive line is healthy is they just see so much too high safety looks, right? And it's pushed them to run their, their offensive structure this way. Look at even Jamar Chase's depth of target is yards per catch is yards for reception versus rookie year. Like everything is condensed, right? Like they're getting rid of the football and they're relying on the short passing game. And they were doing this long before the offensive line got banged up. This, this, for, oh, go ahead. this for Jamar Chase goes back to the second half of last year whenever teams started shutting them out downfield. Like then Brian Callahan was wise enough to start bringing Chase closer to the line of scrimmage because it's Jamar Chase. You still have to get him the ball. And that's what they've been doing since they brought him back from injury. 
Uh, Chase leads the Bengals and targets in every game since week 14. And his volume in that span, he's averaging 12 targets and a 31.5% target share. Like they're just jamming it to him no matter where he is on the field. So it's just a situation where whatever I think of Joe Burrow and the ceiling of this game, it's like I have to play Jamar Chase because I think he can lead the entire weekend in receptions with ease. Jamar Chase or A.J. Brown, John? Oh, God. Uh, it, it's still Jamar Chase because, again, I, I think the slate's ugly. And so I'm just going to take I, – I really think it's a floor slate. And so I'm just taking the floors here. But I'm still going to probably play both in every lineup. Yeah, Rich, you said your favorite play in that first game was Brown. Brown versus Chase? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to go against a guy as talented as Chase getting as many targets as Chase, right? Like, it's yeah. – I mean, he has, Dangle said, 31.5% of the team targets since he came back in week 13. He has 40.6% of the team air yards. The next closest Bengals at 22.9%. He's been targeted on 28% of his routes. The next closest is at 20.6%. I mean, they are just feeding him. And then the spot, the Chiefs are 31st in the NFL in points allowed to opposing wide receiver one targets. No team has allowed more receiving touchdowns to opposing wide receiver ones than the Chiefs this year at 16. And they've also allowed a 5.7% touching rate to all wide receivers, which is 31st in the league. He came back, his first game back was against the Chiefs uh, from injured reserve, and he, he had 97, seven catches and 97 yards. Like, it's just objectively a great spot. They're funneling him with targets. Uh, he's really nuked the other guys, although I do kind of want to still play Tyler Boyd. So Boyd is your favorite of the next group as far as Higgins, Boyd, Hurst, Irwin Arshyster, yeah, Trent sure. Irwin. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about the Chiefs. We've talked about the Chiefs versus slot receivers all year. It happened again last week. Christian Kirk was the second highest scoring wide receiver on the slate last week. Uh, Boyd had four catches for 60 yards when these teams played in week 13. And he absolutely put down the, the easiest touchdown of his career in that game. Uh, you can find it if you didn't see it, but they ran like a nice little uh, a, a, slot, a slot fade, uh, you know, where Chase is running the slant from the outside and he's running the wheel. Uh, just, yeah, absolutely bricked it. So I do like him the most. Uh, I'm prepared to lose more money on Tyler Boyd receiving uh, <laughs> yardage overs like I did last week when he had 23 yards on his first drive, first catch of the game and his yard total was still 31 and a half and we lost. We lost money still. Uh, we're going back. We're prepared to lose more money. Martin Gale, baby. Double down. Um, John, your take as far as uh, the rest of the receiving core, obviously Chase in kind of a tier of his own salary is a thing as well. Higgins, Boyd, Irwin. Irwin, I think, is in the 150 pool, I think, if you want to, you might want to get a pinch of that to make some. He's got a chance. Uh, he's in the field, right? Uh, and then, of course, Hurst, you know, nothing sexy there. Probably the fourth of these four tight ends, but it's a pretty good tight end slate considering it's only two games. Uh, pretty tight end yeah. strong. And Irwin popped up for that 13-yard catch last week. But other than that, like Rich said, Jamar Chase has just gotten so much that he's pretty much nuked everyone. Like, I don't think Hayden Hurst has a ceiling. We talked about this last week, how the Bills hadn't allowed a receiving touchdown to tight ends all year, and so I didn't play Hayden Hurst. But we've now seen at least his floor is high. He has at least five targets in three consecutive games since he returned from injury in Week 18, at least four catches in those three games as well. So – at least we know like he's he's part of this dump off scheme they're doing quick hitting scheme they keep on play calling so we think at least like if if no one else scores a touchdown like if George Kittle doesn't score a touchdown uh, Dallas Goddard gets drowned out by the receivers by any chance of course Hayden Hurst can outscore them and that's the real conversation since he's so cheap oh he's gonna be right but a three K on DraftKings he's gonna yeah. be team people are just gonna go straight to him after mm -hmm. if they if you're not playing Kelsey they're just gonna go straight to the three K. 
Yeah, or Goddard four one. Um, I mean, yeah. So we need, we need Jody Fortson to be out so we can play Noah Gray. <laughs> All right, same questions as the first game, John. I'll start with you. The the player, the stack uh, that you're going to be you you want to be well over the field on. You feel most confident about the one player you absolutely want to have, or the one stack you absolutely want to have in your lineups in Cincinnati, Kansas City is who. Well, the obvious answer is Jamar Chase, but I, I do think given the structure of the slate, I keep on hinting at it over and over again. I like Samaj P. Ryan quite a bit. Tyler Boyd's also in my pool of wide receivers. Uh, for what Rich mentioned, plus the Chiefs being so susceptible to slot receivers in particular, yes, uh, I'm willing to take a chance on Boyd too. The fade that you're most like willing to make, all things considered? I think it's Travis Kelsey, honestly. Uh, yeah. I know. It's not pretty. It's not pretty, but... Gosh, like how how replicable is a forty five point nine percent target share? Um, I don't know, but I'm willing to find out. Yeah, and your your darts, you get to go first. You get to choose from like uh, the Irwins and any Kansas City receiver is kind of a dart, basically. Uh, is this the week Skywar finally gets there? Uh, give me your random dart that you think uh, is worth throwing into or being overweight on. You know, if you're running I'll go ahead and say Noah Gray. I'll just make it easy. Well, it's, I don't know if Noah Gray ever makes it easy, but at least we know that, you know, the Chiefs without McCall Hardman, and again, we may get McCall Hardman, so it may not even matter. But even last week, for instance, um, they went 12 personnel on 28% of their snaps as they've been doing the last month since McCall Hardman and Jody Fortson were injured. Uh, we've seen Noah Gray's route participation increase in every game over the last month, including last week against the Jags. He reached a high in that span, 50% route participation and you know it only takes one catch here uh so yeah i'm willing to to pay down since we're not talking about noah gray outscoring travis kelsey we're talking about what can we get with that 5k on this slate and i yeah. think that's pretty valuable on this slate all right let's run back the same questions for rich uh your favorite play favorite stack do you absolutely love you want to make sure you're over the field on in cincinnati kansas city i uh, listen we're gonna lose this tyler boyd money <laughs> prepared to prepare to lose it. Uh, Chief side, I would say McKinnon. I guess is my favorite non-Kelsey play. <laughs> uh, it's reluctant though. I mean, it's just. I mean, I don't know what to tell you, man. There are some really smart people in the world. There are some great fortune tellers. I I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Is it okay just to say I don't know? Some, sometimes I don't know who. I don't know who's going to score the damn touchdowns for the Chiefs, guys. I don't. I don't know. I mean, as a, like an expert, and I'm not even doing the air quotes if you're just listening, but like, yeah, you're supposed to know these, but like, yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you can give a best guess, but they're really just get. Yeah, I mean, even, even plucking forward. away all the objective data that I can pluck away, I still don't know. Yeah. I still don't and know. And if anybody says they do, they're, they're lying, right? Anybody says this is, this is 100% the guy. They're really, really confident. I mean, someone um, might have some. Someone might be privy to some information uh, that that I haven't uncovered that that pushes them towards the, uh, more conviction than I have. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that either. Too. I'm not saying no one else has the answers either. I just don't know. Biff Tannen might be able to tell you. That's about it. I don't know anybody else that that knows. But uh, I don't know, man. But <laughs> most most comfortable. I don't. I don't know if that's the right, best way to phrase that. Most comfortable fade player you're willing to fade. All things considered, here again, you don't necessarily want to. But you might be forced into a predicament. Who is it here, Rich? Yeah, I think it has to be Kelsey just based on the position he plays, the salary he carries, and then obviously, you know, it being able to run back exactly the outcome he had last week. Like, that's as pure as you can get in that environment. 
Uh, so yeah, here we go again, man. We'll, we'll, we'll hold our nose and, and pray, pray to the deities that Lou Anarum was not going to let him get 17 targets. Bust out the uh, the magic eight ball or whatever works for you. Uh, give me your favorite dart in this game. Oh, uh, God! I think, I think Tyler Boyd was a pretty good dart. I mean, yeah, yeah. Does he, he count? It. Yeah, if he counts, then I'll I'll take I'll take him still. And who wins? Uh, who get, who's who are we see in the Super Bowl when we're at, when we're in Nashville? Boy, shout out Dan Bach for making it happen for bringing it back. And you guys were an integral part. You guys pushed for it. So thanks to y'all as well. We we complained. Uh, <laughs> if that's the same as pushing, sure. We openly I was complained. Like a lot of people, I was looking at it like I think the Bengals have a better all-around team than the Chiefs. And if you're factoring Mahomes' injury, but like now that it feels like everyone's on the Bengals, like I feel like collectively all of us like not being on Mahomes feels wrong. Uh, so I'm not comfortable at all. I'm not really comfortable at all. I like the Eagles to outright win in the NFC, though. Like I do have conviction that I think the Eagles win. I, I think I'm gonna try to wager some real American dollars on Philadelphia minus two and a half. I I think you know it's midnight for Purdy, and I know Shanahan, and he puts his quarterbacks in great positions. It's a really really tough spot to play, and we're, we're in less than three. We're basically saying they're the same team essentially, and I, I like the Philly side. Um, yeah, I, I think that they win this game by more than three. Uh, but, yeah, how, how about your thoughts here, John? Who, who are we seeing in the Super Bowl? Yeah, I, I think it's the Eagles and the Bengals. Uh, for DFS purposes, the Bengals are definitely getting steamed. But for betting-wise, I don't know if I'm seeing that. I, I'm still seeing a lot of sharp people on the Chiefs, which makes me question my Bengals pick. But either way, I, I like the Eagles a lot. Um, I've had them since the beginning of the week. And then, yeah, I think Chiefs, Bengals, although a toss-up, I'm still leaning Cincinnati. Cincinnati yeah. I know for a fact some, there was a group that bet the Chiefs yesterday to push it back that knew that Mahomes was going to practice today. Yeah. Uh, are you in that Discord by chance? <laughs> you have two degrees of separation. Yeah, yeah listen, uh, yeah, I, I do have some access to, to that kind of stuff. Uh, these Those groups, the groups that are throwing around money that we can dream about betting. So yeah. The syndicates that we're never going to lead? That never. will never be there. Uh, you know, as I bet my Tyler Boyd over receiving ladders. That, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, at, at $200. <laughs> I, uh, I think we're getting a Kelsey Brothers uh, a Super Bowl. That's what we're getting. Kansas City wins this game. Philadelphia wins this game. I think For podcast some... purposes, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. They're I haven't listened to their podcast, but I've heard like snippets oh, of awesome. it on Twitter. It's great. It seems like a lot of fun. They seem like the yeah. – they seem yeah, they always, they always have a good personality. They seem like a enjoyable guys. I heard them talking about the, the Zeke play like before the show today. It's kind of why Zeke was in my brain, I suppose. They, they were kind of clowning on it, but also just so like, you know, we respect Zeke. We're just having a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems like a – what's the name of that podcast? you know, by chance? Uh, uh, New Heights, because they are from Cleveland Heights. Oh, there you go. That's that's why you like them. Those are my boys, man. <laughs> Listen, I'm older than those guys. Uh, you know, our high school played Cleveland Heights, but uh, that was – I'm older than those fellows. Isn't there a, a movie with like Shia LaBeouf uh, with something Heights that's Cleveland centric or Ohio centric? Yes, it is. Uh, oh, I know what it's called too. Shit. I, I don't Shaker Heights. It's uh, the Shaker Heights movie. Fun like that Matt Damon like movie making contest that was on yep, HBO. Yep, yep. Yeah, many many years ago. It's a good segue, by the way, into our little movie bit. <laughs> oh, oh, we should tell the people. Hey, we gave you over an hour on two games. Uh, we are consistent, if anything. It could be two <laughs> games or 13 games. We're going to be here for hour and 20 every time. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I wanted to give the people, you know, because again, these are the thoughts you're going to have to talk about, you know, when you're making these lineups, you have to consider Tyler Boyd and, you know, all, you know, the Quez Watkins players of the world just yeah. kind of make stuff happen. And you got to be a little bit different, especially if you're playing that money maker, you know, uh, you can't just hit that optimize button. That's not going to work for sure. But um, I'll do want to just, uh, since we have a moment, uh, thank everybody for listening. Yeah. Appreciate that. The listeners. Uh, thanks oh, to yeah. you guys. Rebar. Daigle, fabulous as always. Uh, I'm always happy to be the third smartest guy in the room. Appreciate you guys uh, just, you know, doing the show and extending it this year too, being so flexible. Producer Steve, shout out to producer Steve as well. Uh, probably would forget this stuff in the show. So I wanted to make sure uh, I get that out of the way. And also, uh, yeah, thanks to Thrive. Thank you to Thrive for sponsoring the show as well. Kind of that like button. If you guys are watching us on the old YouTube, subscribe, turn on those notifications, do all those things. Hopefully we'll be back next season as well. Uh, is there anything else as far as analysis here, uh, Rich or John, or we're going to just segue seamlessly into our little movie conversation and tell the people goodbye that don't want to hear that? And, uh, you know, I think that's where we're at right now, right? Listen, if, if you want, need any more, I, I wrote up all these games. You can go check them out at the website. Well, tell the people what the web. <laughs> no, at the website. I mean, if they don't know now, I mean, I would say it's, it's at Uh Yeah, check that out. Yes, uh, Rich Rebar, Sharp Football Analysis. Did you? Are you working? I'm a terrible, t- terrible promotion. <laughs> yeah, and I should have like I should have just threw it in there as well. My bad. Uh, Dingo, did you put stuff out there for uh, four for four for bet sports this week? No, I am done with uh, the podcast. You can go to the most accurate podcast is what it's called, where I talk about the games there. But written content, I am officially done until the postseason, the day after the Super Bowl. We'll be back. Enjoy it. Uh, enjoy Love your it. enjoy your break. Um, enjoy my two yeah. week break. That's not a break. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's talk about. Let's bring in producer Steve. You know, if you guys aren't aware, and again, if you don't want to hear this nonsense, by all means, this is just we have a little bit of conversation about our movie bet. Producer Steve won the movie bet last week by uh, a point, uh, and he had us watch. I, we all watched the menu, which is free on HBO Go. If you guys are not aware, if you, or HBO Max, it's no RIP HBO Go. It's no longer a thing. Uh, I think it lasted about a year or so. Whatever. Same sort of deal. But, uh, Steve, are you with us? Are you joining us? Are you coming in? Uh, do you want to talk guys? about your fabulous lineup? And, uh, yeah, uh, the menu. You said I think you said you were angry about it after watching it, which I'm curious to hear your angry takes. I was so frustrated with it. That's not how I thought it was going to end. And that's not, like, how I thought the movie was going to be going at all. It seemed like it was a... Uh more funny than like scary i thought it was supposed to be a little scary it's it's kind of a a a horror i mean i think more than anything it's a satire i would say is that is that fair to say would you guys agree on like a sort of a comedy satire or anybody feel free to chime in i didn't watch it oh Uh, what oh i thought you (laughs) i I thought you watched it um i did it satire not comedy right there's some comedic moments there were some comedic moments, and I felt like it just threw me off so much from what I was expecting. I, I guess that makes sense if you were thinking, yes, more of a comedy, and then we get towards the ending, and it starts getting a lot more serious. Um, I really liked it. I, I know, as you've mentioned in the past, Dean, it's a very uh, hit-or-miss film for a lot of people. Like they, They're not on the fence. They either hate it or love it. I just think it's so unique. Like I can't recall a movie I've seen like that. That kind of comes out of nowhere like that. That presents a film, a theme like that as well. So that's why I enjoyed it so much. It's like, oh, this is original idea. I enjoy this. 
Rich, are you okay hearing spoilers? I don't want to spoil for Rich. And like, nah, I don't know the limitations are up. And this is a good <laughs> a movie to go in cold on, I think. Uh, Absolutely. Um, but yeah. I mean, it's my to... fault I didn't watch it. Were you aware of the assignment? or just No, I actually, I, I did not know we were supposed to do. I mean, I thought he was picking a movie for this week. Oh, yeah. But there's no show next week for us to discuss it. Oh, that's true. Good point. My bad. <laughs> maybe maybe we should have said that part. I guess he's giving chat. me like I guess he's giving me a, a series to watch since I'll, I'll have longer what, a longer. Window, what sucks so the most about year. that is that you had a busy week too. Like you you started Narcos. You uh, went back and played Last of Us. So like you could have squeezed it in too. Yeah, I, I probably could have. I I even watched the Last of Us the show twice this week's episode twice. So I got that yeah, in. You could have fit it in. That's a damn shame. I, I rewatched the menu because I wanted to have it fresh in my mind. And, uh, and so I have not watched Last of Us just yet, but I'm going to. I'm super excited. I saw the first episode. I loved it. Uh, I did not watch Under Siege like John did earlier this week. <laughs> John's still night. living. <laughs> Under Siege 1 or 2? I haven't seen number two. I've only seen the first one. All right. What? Wait, is it good? How could you love Under Siege and never say, you know, there's another one? Like it's not I didn't good. Know there was, I didn't know there was a second like bad action movie. I just wanted the first bad action movie. Yeah, yeah. It's on a it's on a, uh, a ship, I believe. Uh, the second one. Yeah, horse ship. You have to, if you're under siege, you have to be on a ship, right? It's it's not good. As ship sequels go, like Speed Two was terrible, and Under Siege terrible. Oh yeah. As a general rule, let's the, not have ships so that being an integral part. The real moral of the story uh, is that I need to try watching everything everywhere all at once again. That's that's the takeaway. Yeah. Do you want to try to sell it, uh, Rich? I know you saw that. We were talking about this in DMs. Now we're getting off the rails, but um, <laughs> it's a huge Oscar movie. The critics loved it. Even the audience was a pretty big score on Rotten Tomatoes as well. And I'm kind of a contrarian where I didn't hate it, and I respected how ambitious it was, and it took some really big chances. It was kind of Matrix-like, but it was also super original in some spots as well. Um but I didn't love it. Again, I didn't hate it. But it sounded like you loved it. Yeah, yeah, I did. I think the fact that too, that like obviously one of the core themes of that movie uh, is you know legacy and, and parenthood and how you how you project your life into your child. So the fact that two guys without ch- children didn't resonate with it uh, definitely is not shocking either. But I'm also one of those people that takes no offense to if someone doesn't like uh, a piece <laughs> of media that I enjoyed either. Uh, so if you didn't like it, you didn't like it, man. Like I'm. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't make me like it less because that's you guys not, didn't like it. Yeah, that's not my opinion. Uh, yeah. I need to go back and rewatch it. And I'm definitely not one of those people like on Twitter too. It's like that. Like if you're like I didn't like this, like I'm gonna be in your replies and be like, "What's wrong with you?" Like, <laughs> not everyone likes everything, man. Who knows? This this stuff is subjective. But there's some movies where it's like, come on, how do you not like this? There's a couple, but you don't have to love it. But you have to at least be like, yeah, it was at least fine. If somebody like hates Shawshank Redemption which is just a universally beloved movie. So you start to question them a little bit, or is that just me? Maybe I'm just – that's a that's a me issue probably. Probably. <laughs> I When people used to have, like, DVD racks at their, you know, in their apartment, like, 20 years ago, I would judge you, you just so judge hard. based on what they got, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or their CD collection. Like, I don't know how to judge people anymore, like, because nobody displays their CD collection or their DVDs anymore, and I don't go to anybody's house anymore either. So it's a whole thing. <laughs> but we also – well, go ahead, yeah. Rich. No, I got nothing. Uh, well, we also, now that we've experimented with this for a half of a year, we do know the chat suggested to bring it back next year, assuming we get that lovely email in August from Dan saying, are you back in? Uh, where we make it a public contest next year. So that's what I'm looking forward to. 
Yeah, and I feel like the audience is going to be like, they want to, they might want to punish us, and we have to make but sure. Daniel, Daniel Plus already punishing us. That's true. yes. <laughs> They're not going to make us rewatch Street Fighter. <laughs> no. <laughs> but back to the menu, like you know, I was talking about this far as how divisive it was. It reminded me of Uncut Gems, where I think few, people, very few people, were like, "Yeah, that was fine." People either loved that movie or they like they hated that movie, and like you know, it got them all afraid. The wall, you know, whatever, just freaked them out. And that's kind of like you were uncomfortable watching it. Uh, mm-hmm. Menu was awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. The satire was fabulous. I don't want to say too much because I don't want to ruin it for Rich. But uh, the pretentiousness characters, like the the um, uh, the food critics and like foodies and how it like kind of spoke about Instagram people and like taking a picture of everything. Uh, it's it, and it, it takes a turn that movie, but at the same time, I felt like uh, Steve, I feel like really, there's really no other way to end that movie. I feel like the ending was kind of like you're kind of boxed in without saying, without giving anything too much away. You know what I mean? Like what could they have done if not what they did? You know what I mean? And it all kind of led up to that. I say this all like in code, I think. Yeah. I, I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. That trying to spoil it. I, I just yeah, think I like, like everything everywhere, like Parasite, uh, just go into the menu with no idea. I think that's the best way to watch it. Just don't even look up what it's about. Yeah. Oh, I love Parasite. That was such an, that's for me one of the best movies of the last five, 10 years or so. It's a good one. Fabulous, fabulous movie. It's worth reading. It's worth having to read. Or I guess if you're lucky enough, if you understand Korean, I have not understand Korean. It'd be cool if I did, but I don't. Um, and Dago, what was your official stance as far as the menu? I apologize. Were you on board? Yay, nay, yep. somewhere in the middle. He was thumbs up. I really, no, I really liked it. Yeah, I thought it was original. I really liked it. I enjoyed it. I'd watch it again. Yeah, I never. I'll, got watch, I'll watch it again before we uh, come back on next September. How about that? Yeah, it's. It was one of those movies I was thinking about afterwards, and like the more I thought about it, the more I liked it. So, you know, you know movies like they kind of stay with you. And, you know, some of you just sort of forget, like. You watch Under Siege, you're never thinking about it ever again in your life. Mm. <laughs> like, that, that's your mistake. You know, one scene though with the cake, though. You remember that scene? He, he, rips, uh, that dude's, he rips that dude's Adam's apple off. Like, that's your mistake. Dean <laughs> just got <All> bonked. Right. <laughs> Rich, what's on your... You, you have something on your list, I'm sure, going into the offseason. Well, what's in the queue that you're looking forward to watching, besides the menu? Uh, the menu? I don't know. Uh, there's actually, you know, it's interesting because uh, there's no like real hot video games coming out at this point. Uh, I think Spider-Man comes out in June. So we'll have to wait all the way to get Spider-Man 2. Uh, I already played God of War. So, I mean, we've got a nice little, uh, you know, reprieve here. Me and my wife prior to the season, she had never seen The Wire and we watched the first three seasons of that. So we still have the two last two to get to and season four is the best anyways. So looking forward to that. There you go. Yeah, uh, I gotta do a rewatch of The Wire. It's been like 15, 20 years or so. I don't still holds. Two. Still holds. Season two was not good live the first time you watched it, but the rewatch it is such a crucial season. Yeah, season five is by far the worst season, uh, and I say worst in air quotes. Like the worst season of The Wire is better than obviously uh, yeah. a lot of, of of good TV shows. But yeah, season five is my least favorite because of the McNulty storyline alone uh, is just takes me out of that that whole world. On your list, uh, Steve, anything in the queue? I think we're, we're firing up for, uh, you know, and now the football season's over. Your time's opened up a little bit. Oh, you know what I am going to do? Not to hijack Steve's thing. I've got this here. I've got this 4,000-foot, uh, 4,000-piece uh, 4, Lego Spider-Man Daily Bugle to build. That's uh, so we're going to jump oh, wow. on that at some point. That's awesome. 
Is that you do that? Is that for you, or is that with your child, or is that both of you? What's that? Is that your that, that you, you? It's your thing. It's your project. Yeah, man. You see, he's lately got a Horizon uh, Lego built here. I got some other uh, adult Lego because the people that make Legos now are, are all just my age now. Right? Yeah, like, they grew up with me, so like it's the same people that like make cartoons and stuff. Like we joked about Spider Verse and stuff. It's like all the people making content are my age now. They all got jobs and they're doing this stuff. So I'm <laughs> in the demographic for this stuff. It's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's uh, cool. Steve, I don't know if you had an answer or not, or John, if you have an answer, you know, anything that's on the list. And you, Narcos, I guess, is what it is. I've never watched Narcos. I hear it's good. It's, there's so much good stuff out there. Go, wa go watch it and then pivot to Narcos Mexico. It's such a huge Rich, Rich is watching it's five it. Five seasons, right? I gave so up, I think, on the, on the part of Narcos after the Pablo part. What is happens to him? Is that Narcos Mexico? <laughs> Yes, Af Pablo afterwards is a uh, Narcos Mexico, but that's that's still great. Yeah, I, I might go rewatch that then. I didn't like it at first, but I'll give it another try. Watch I have Last nothing on us. my list. That's I'm in the middle of rewatching How I Met Your Mother. That's a lot of that show does not hold. <laughs> it's, it's all right. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, it's still good. But you ain't like listen. Barney's character is it oh. allowed to be? He ain't allowed to be put on TV. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not. Not now. No. I, I'm aware of the show, but I, I never. I've only watched it like when somebody else was watching it. That kind of thing. But it's never, like some real life like Pepe Le Pew stuff, Dean. Like you can't like you can't bring yeah. Pepe Le Pew back. That, that, that's kind of the vibe I got. The, the little bit small sample size of, of how I met your mother. I know there's a. a, a a father version now on uh, Netflix with Hillary Duff, I believe. Mm -hmm. I saw this yeah, pop up. Never seen it. Things. That's all. Ninety show is back. I'm not watching any of that either. Yeah, I don't think I watched that either. But like, shout out to like the parents. They look exactly the same. Were they like cryogenically frozen or something like that? They have not changed. They look ex unless they made like enhance their age years ago, and they're just they were ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I watched the trailer and I'm like, they look exactly the same. Basically, like it's 20 years later, give or take. Good for them. But uh, all right, we're getting out of here. We do appreciate y'all listening. John, unless you got anything else to say for the people? That's about it. Uh, it seems bittersweet that this is coming to an end for 2022, but we made it through another year. Uh, this is, it was officially at the beginning of this year, but this is now like the longest running crew of pick six, I believe. Right, Rich? Considering all the handoffs. Yeah, I think so. What was this? Is this our third or fourth year for you and me? For me and you, it's four. For and Dean, one, I believe it's Dean three. three. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I did three with Silva and Crane. So, yeah. I mean, Dan's got to bring us back. All we got to do is complain until it happens. There you go. Uh, Rich, you're watching the menu. You're going to tell the people about the menu on Twitter, I assume? The people want to know. I, will, I won't because I'll never share opinions like that on Twitter because what's, <laughs> what, good does, what good does a tweet like that do you? Mm -hmm. I, it sucks. <laughs> what are you talking about? There's no, there's no upside in a tweet like that on Twitter. <laughs> so uh, I, will, I will refrain, but I do promise I will watch it. I will watch it this week. I, I, you know, I'm going to see Dagle in person this weekend. I'll watch it before that, and I will tell him and relay to him what I thought about it. All righty. That is Rich Rebar. Check his content out at Sharp Football Analysis. John Daigle, 4 for 4, Bet Spurts. Producer Steve, again, thanks, everybody, for supporting, listening to the show. Uh, could not do it without y'all. And, again, thank you to Thrive. Uh, on behalf of Rich and John and Steve and uh, Jolt Cola and Street Fighter and The Menu, uh, we do appreciate y'all listening this season to the NFL 
pick six show here at Roto Grinders. Win something this week. Uh, you know, save some money for the Super Bowl. It's going to be a good time for sure. That's it. We're out of here. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.